Greetings, dear friends. Today at the live broadcast, we are proposing to you to discuss a really important topic in the aspect of self-awareness and, of course, from the psychology portion of you. I would just like to call this topic, what is it officially named? Defense mechanisms of a personality or defense mechanisms of the, the psyche. So today, together with you, with your live participation, since you have ability to write comments, to ask questions that, trust me, will not be left unanswered or without an understanding that will be taken out. We will discuss what kind of defense mechanisms those are, what are their functions, and the main things. We will discuss about the paradox of this um, entity in the psychology and the human life. So shall we begin? Greetings, yes, the phenomenon of psychological defense is a very interesting topic. It's one of the fundamental concepts in psychology and psychiatry, and all just as all basic concepts in psychology, it's one of the most contradictory topics. Contemporary science determines a human as body and consciousness. And uh, Sasha, just as you said, I should mention that most of professionals and people who actually got interested in this topic in defense mechanism of psyche, they do know uh, this as defense mechanisms of personality because science, I'll repeat once again, it determines a human as a body and all the thoughts that are in his head, like emotions, desires, and all the derivatives like views, expectations, behavior, mood, etc., what we call the inner world of a human, but thoughts and emotions are actually manifestations of consciousness. So we it turns out that contemporary definition of a human is body and consciousness. In psychology, I personality equals to consciousness. So when we talk about defense mechanisms of personality, we actually equate it with the mechanisms of consciousness so i would suggest that we call this protective defense mechanisms like this and in the course of our conversation everything will become clear so just in case i'll just like to clarify that our topic of today's meeting the topic of our live broadcast for today is is correct being called like the defense mechanisms of the consciousness perfect yes exactly Exactly, and scientific, another scientific, scientific statement is that defense mechanisms rule human behavior. So, consciousness rules the behavior of a person. If a person doesn't know that he is personality, the spirit, and a spiritual being in his nature, and body and consciousness are only animal part in the energy structure of a human. How does consciousness rule a person's behavior? The basic concept in psychology is a psychic man uh, image. What is it? A psychic image is an information model, a discrete part of the reality which a person uses for, uh, you know, being guided in his behavior to regulate his behavior. I will. I have shortened this definition, but the essence remains that it's an information model of what 
Actually, a person is offered as reality. Psychic images are basic components of psyche, and I would say right away that psyche means consciousness. And it, we actually discussed this in the topic of psychosomatics. Why it is so? So basically, consciousness rules the behavior of a person through psychic images. Uh, just to make it clear, if we take, for example, recollection, any recollection, we recall some person or a situation or an event. What the first thing which arises in our head, it's an image, a picture, a picture of this uh, person or uh, some picture related to a situation or an event or we go to some meeting, to some trip, and the first thing we have in our head, images, images, pictures, which are associated with this meeting, where we will go, what we, how we will be moving. So first of all, we have these mental images and pictures, and it's very important to remember that consciousness attacks us with these mental images at the speed of 60 thoughts per second. And when we stick our attention at some of the images, Images from that image, actually, all the action will be launched, uh, which will follow. And it will be launched according to a scheme which we already voiced. So, those thoughts and images are the activators of the following actions. Yes, exactly. And the scheme is precisely like this a, an image, a thought emotions complying with these thoughts, reactions in the body and actions. And this is a very important thing which we should figure out. Very interesting. If we don't want that something happens to us, we should direct our attention to that image which launches this action. And on the contrary, if we uh, it's something taken uh, happens to us it means that we are responsible for the action which uh, take place because uh, we chose the image which launched this action why it is so important to understand this because it brings us back to the responsibility for everything that takes place in our life and around us so we are getting back to the primary sources they just please watch out for and what kind of thoughts your input your attention yes exactly it is clear with images how the action is launched so let's go further what is the purpose of defense mechanism of psyche to preserve the level of self-appraisal to psychologically defend one's own self very precise definition so the defense mechanism of consciousness actually serve to protect a false self which a person accepts as himself but it's actually an image just an image it's an information model which is imposed on personality and this is very important what is included in this, you know, protection and defense of this self-appraisal? We already discussed this before, What, why is this self-appraisal needed, how it is formed and how dangerous it is for a person and what consciousness has to do with this. But uh, what uh, actually do these defense mechanisms defend? How I look, like my views, my habits, the way I think, my worldview, my opinions, my knowledge, and, and the way I act. 
these are my skills, abilities, what I can do, some patterns of behavior, the way I behave myself, how I arrange my activities. This is actually what gets under defense. But this is only a result of my imagination of what I what is formed in my head. And this is actually what is formed according to this scheme. An image, a thought, an emotion, a reaction in a body, and an action. So if we ask a question right now, what do the defense mechanisms of consciousness protect? The answer is obvious. Consciousness protects its own position, which is imposed on... So, you know, this is uh, surprising information that goes against with, um, with the understanding that we have when you're reading like the official naming so the defense mechanisms of the personality. So most frequently you have the defense mechanisms of a personality, really. So when you have voiced that there is um, something that undermines that the understanding and the psychology and everything, so this understanding of the consciousness of its activity. And right now when you mentioned that the defense mechanisms as well serve for the protection of the templates or um, or the patterns of activity. So, which means that somebody or something has decided or made up essentially those defense mechanisms so that to in order to protect the consciousness itself. Yes. Yes, exactly. That's why I've said that this topic is very interesting, very important, because it makes it possible to understand what actually controls human behavior and whether we ourselves actually choose and determine our behavior. Because if we recall the absurdity, the lack of logic, inconsistency, the brutality, where is this all coming in us from? And in order to cope with all this, we need to understand, to analyze how the defense mechanisms of consciousness are arranged. We already understand that these mechanisms protect the position of consciousness, but we should understand that human consciousness is a part of the general structure of the animal mind. And there is the one who controls this entire system. In religion, he's called the devil. In the game of professional uh, professionals, we decided the program uh, because we should understand that it's a huge program, very smart program. No matter how we call the one who controls this problem, but we should understand the tasks and goals of this program in order to understand whether it is a threat, a danger, or brings some uh, benefit to human. How can we use it? it in a beneficial way because it is actually built in our energy structure so it would be very good for us to cope to figure this out so you know i would suggest that we think about the following thing and you already sasha said that there is such a deception defense mechanisms of personality as as it is suggested and immediately we understand that there is defense and we defend something but let's recall that defense is the reverse side of attack and we already understand the defense mechanism protect the position of consciousness, not the person himself. Then another question arises, whom does consciousness attack? And this qu question was answered by Igor Mikhailovich Danilov in the video 
what happiness is. Consciousness attacks a person, a human. So I'm the one who is actually sponsoring of all of the made like a story or something, or who is the owner or and this the construct and the energy construct of the person. Yes, we will analyze this in more detail, but I would like to go back to the point that when actually this term appeared from this term of defense mechanism was introduced by Freud and he ascertained that defense mechanisms like what is their function actually in order to weaken the tension anxiety frustration uh, the loss of the sense of existence and uh, these feelings arise as a result of conflict be uh, between the impulses of the subconscious and the limits which posed by the environment, by society, like some culture, moral uh, and ethics. So Freud uh, asserted that the subconscious uh, actually determines human behavior, and the subconscious is now a basic instance, like animal instance. According to Freud, there are two basic instances. One is sexual and the other one is the instinct of death or uh, attraction to death, as he otherwise called it. Uh, but here I would like to clarify that in the animal component for over human and consciousness is the animal component over human because we are dual by our nature. The animal component is the body and consciousness and the spiritual component is the spirit which is personality, us, and the soul. So the animal component has the same basic instincts like any other animal. It's the instinct of self-preservation, instinct of propagation, and instinct of domination. Just pay attention to this, the instinct of propagation or sexual instinct. There is no uh, it's like kind of a difference in names, but also in the sense which is included here. Propagation means uh, continuing our family, and actually animals do not do uh, do not use sex as a 24-hour activity because we already talked about the fact that sex is for most of all like images and pictures in one's head. It's a, a tool of manipulation. Another instinct of self-preservation or instinct of death. My question is the following: Why he? actually changed this understanding and inputted a different sense in that uh, in order to, for example, justify suicide, which science still doesn't understand. And also another question is, why does science still supports these absurd statements which are so brutal? I think this is a really correct question and really just by getting to those kind of definitions because the person has like, the instinct to self-destruction then. So if you make analogy of the, the heads of the sciences or the leading, so the 200 years, I think that the past, the time when the psychology started to actively then developing, right, and still use the same ideas and core principles of Freud, Jung, and why? You're right, are we coming back to that? 
the question arises, so I would just say simply, if somebody who is a smart pants are defining for a person to the basic instinct as self-destruction, comparing us with animals that don't have this instinct, none of the animals are not going to go to the known death because there is a self-preservation instinct, so that there is a specific model of them. So what is wrong with us? And why do you need the science? So that, what does it serve for? Because it's really um, it's serving for somebody or something. So that the science, instead of be in the in the front of the development of the society and bringing something useful for every single person and as a participant of the society, it serves a completely different pur purpose. It builds up the self-murdering, the, um, the perversion, uh, the greed, and that's interesting. So why, why in fact, for 200 years, no changes are happening? That the people that do the psychology, right, and um, other types of sciences, they're not asking. And um, the thing that is being perceived as that is something that's given. What is the point? You know, um, I understand, right, all these questions uh, arising in your consciousness. And uh, right now, um, uh, we are studying these mechanisms. And actually, you know, science itself has refused uh, these, um, actually, the attack or just these, um, the work of these mechanisms. Because if we do not ourselves actually who we are, if we do not understand what a personality is, then, of course, uh, we are uh, just, um, uh, well, helpless before this consciousness, right? Of course, um, we are going to talk about this kind of Satan's um, mechanisms, right? But uh, if you want to study it more deeply, we will. Uh, according to Freud, um, he said that um, the instincts of a person are are uh, defensive and social ones, and uh, but what about the social really behavior of a person, right? Or I will remind you uh, that according to the primordial knowledge, um, the knowledge presented in the books by Anastasia Novik, those uh, that knowledge that Igor Mikhailovich Danilov shares with that. So um, out of this knowledge, a person has two types of consciousness. Uh, this are the primary consciousness um, and um, all the animals have it. Uh, with uh, the one which is uh, connected with the instincts and emotions uh, and the most uh, st uh, the strongest emotions are of fear and of survival ones and also a person has the secondary consciousness uh, this is exactly the consciousness that creates the false image of our person and this is actually about the intellect right that we are so proud of so these are uh, and these 
uh, secondary consciousness exactly produces the images um, that uh, we base our understandings and perception on. And right now, let us uh, consider. And you know, also, um, uh, well, uh, according to the official uh, science of psychology, um, what is exactly a person ab about? So they say that uh, the social um, behavior, right? It is about kind of um, the bridal and uh, uh, well, the social norms, so to say, they kind of uh, you know um, make person behave certain in a certain way. Uh, right, uh, just uh, all these social norms that a society imposes on us, these are what makes uh, a person different from an animal. And these social norms, uh, they are kind of called uh, to be this kind of regulations uh, that um, define a person's behavior. And let us consider this. Um, uh, social norms, so to say, what do we have today in our uh, society? This is these are lies, um, manipulations, hostility, intolerance, um, aggression, alcoholism, um, just drug addiction, and uh, all these kinds of sexual perversions. Uh, these are the social norms that today's society uh, exists by. Why are we talking about the norms? Are they really? Uh, just the norms that should be in any society. If most people in uh, society today do nothing to stop it and just to keep silent about it, so maybe it means that, mm, well, we have accepted just these norms. And that is why it's very important to understand that we are all responsible for the actions, uh, for our actions and for what is happening in society. And that is why, actually, we are responsible for what we are investing our attention into. Interesting thing happens here, right? So if the defense mechanisms is serving, for example, to regulate those instinctive um, impulses, and so everything that you've listed today is uh, has like any concern to that, right? To the defense mechanism. Exactly. Um, let us look at uh, these facts, all right? Uh, so, uh, truly, defense mechanisms, uh, uh, psyche, uh, they are defined to make um, our existence um, kind of comfortable, happy, so to say. Yeah. Yeah. Fear, tension, it sounds really wonderful. Exactly, exactly. But just uh, let us uh, uh, look at the statistics of any violence in our society, and then you will understand that this defense mechanism as, um, don't help us at all, and they don't make uh, our life happy and comfortable. So what we've just um, studied, uh, the theoretical kind of explanations of uh, defense mechanisms, and if we are just um, compare them with the facts that are happening in our today's society, we see a huge discrepancy between uh, them. So if, for example, uh, look at the, uh, well, 
Uh, there are about eight or ten um, um, just defense mechanisms like denial, sublimation, and um, and so on, uh, regression. Well, there are about eight or ten of these mechanisms, right? But uh, we can take, uh, you know, two uh, or three of them and study them, and we'll see, and you will uh, just understand what these defense mechanisms are about and what we can do with them. That would be really helpful to understand what was actually mentioned there, so how they're supposed to work and why they don't work. So where goes the violation of that thing? So on the earth, like um, they read for the instruction, right? Maybe we had to read for the instruction and to understand like how the psychic and my consciousness actually work, so that how to work with this instrument. Right, then we should be able to read the instructions correctly, right? So um, let us start uh, with a, such a known uh, mechanism, defense mechanism as uh, denial. So this defense mechanism allows um, us to just ignore or deny any any facts uh, which our psyche just perceives as well not pleasant right so um, it is a denial of any unpleasant information but um, a fact we, you know is just a fact and of the personality as for the spiritual being any event in this world well it is actually absolutely neutral and uh, when uh, we just do have it when we just have a certain kind of attitude towards the event, right? Um, and when our consciousness um, just suggests us um, to evaluate any action or um, any just event, and only then, when we as personality, we agree to accept such an evaluation, then emotions begin. So, for example, uh, emotions of fear or just fear of death or anything. So, let us take an example. Uh, an example which is usually well, um, well, many uh, people are scared of. This is the emotion of um, the fear of death of a just a loved person, right, from your family, for example. So, um, well, lots of lots of people um, know this fact, and I would say that uh, actually we are familiar with this experience every day because each day just you know lots of lots of people die of starvation it is a fact it's but um, how many of us right suffer from um, just realizing this fact uh, well it, is, it seems not to affect us, but only we accept this emotion of fear of death when it concerns our close uh, people from our family. And uh, uh, when, uh, of course, uh, when we just accept uh, that uh, this is the fear of death of our loved ones, then we accept these emotions, then, oh, uh, so horrible, I can't bury it, how I'm going to exist or to live or the own. So as a consequence of the thoughts, emotions of fear, aggression and sadness arise. And uh, it's, you know, everything depends on how we perceive 
and emotions are uh, the just con con the consequence of images and thoughts that we accept in our consciousness and it's it's like you know um, we cannot change the facts right but uh, well what uh, rationality is there um, in the fact, right, or in our attitude? So I would say that actually denial is a very dangerous mechanism. Why? Because it is uh, this mechanism, well, of denial that, uh, uh, for example, that kind of makes, um, for example, protects alcoholism. And uh, um, because, you know, any person who uh, just, um, well, avoids um, uh, this problem in his life, so he does not accept that, well, a person has the problem, and what can he work with? Okay, no problem. But if we have this uh, denial mechanism, then uh, we understand that, okay, a person does not accept it and doesn't work with this mechanism at all. Because he denies that there is such a problem in his life. So a person refuses to take treatment and he gets into a hospital and grieves such a severe situation. But is this really a defense? I would even say that not to mention some severe disease, but we can uh, we can see how denial works against healthy lifestyle, this mechanism of denial and necessity of prevention of diseases. Denial is what is working when a person sees some prospect of changes, a prospect of some improvement of work or migration. So anything new, anything that can come, like any new information that comes to a person, the first mechanism which works is denial, denial of knowing something new, always, all the time. So what does this mechanism protect? So I understand, like, for what? Yes, unfortunately, I can continue giving these absurd examples regarding this mechanism and its harmfulness for a human, but I cannot give a single example of a positive influence of this mechanism for human benefit. One of such, I think, rapid and simple examples would be to identify, for example, like how in you this, this thing actually works, since um, I've listened to everything you mentioned and said. And you know, the first thing, the first thought that I got there, I don't have that. Isn't that the denial? So I don't have it that way, I don't, it's not really. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. This is the one, one of the first and very uh, mechanisms which launches. Let's look at other mechanisms which are most widespread and can be associated with something. Rationalization is a logical a substantiation of unacceptable thoughts and actions. What are thoughts? The work of consciousness. Actions are what? The consequence of the thoughts which we accept. So where does this unpleasant thoughts and emotions and actions come from? Question number one. And why would you rationalize? 
Yes, why would we substantiate something which is unacceptable? Actually, the mechanism of rationalization is used for self-justification. So every time when a person does something wrong in an inhumane way, this mechanism of rationalization comes in force so as to provide grounds for explaining, substantiating his action. It turns out that rationalization justifies the worst which we have in inside us. Rationalization, as it is often described, it serves to preserve one's own imagination of himself. That's why I said that defense mechanisms actually defend this false self. And this is what we should understand. Who is this I? Who is self? Is this the one who actually does something wrong in brutal way and sounds uh, and finds reasons for doing this? But we do have conscience and we feel something inside and this is what we should determine for ourselves. Also, you know, this mechanism is launches launches for very uh, as one of the primary ones and all psychiatrists know it. Uh, it it launches when a person has some mental psychic disorder. This mechanism uh, like finds logical explanation when uh, a person has delirium ideas, some uh, super valuable ideas. Somehow this mechanism protects the development of psychosis. And is it really a defense? Because when a person rationalizes his actions, he, uh, for a long time, he doesn't even get into the view of a specialist and he tries to explain everything that happens to him as normal. Is this really defense? A person goes crazy, but this mechanism sort of helps to go him to go crazy. And this mechanism arises every time when we have an addictive behavior, like we are rude with something, when we hit somebody, when we uh, do some unfair action. This rationalization turns on. And what do we hear in our head? You were forced to do this. You were provoked. You couldn't do it otherwise. And then there is a long chain of judgments and reasons why you actually acted like this. That's the mechanism of rationalization. What I can say for myself in conclusion after what the information that was voiced and the rationalization, it sort of looks like the rationalization, it's yeah. like trying to bail or to prove that uh, it was okay what consciousness did. So get to the primordial knowledge of the nature of the human being to the duality or nature, it's, it's understandable that there are programs in the consciousness and the system and the devil and the Satan. And so there is another scenario when the person acts as a spirit and let's call it that way or just feels the God-like will or God-like behavior. So for some reason the spirit doesn't require rationalization. Yes, it really doesn't require rationalization. And I think that we can talk a lot about this and quite deeply. We can sort this out in quite a lot of detail. But I would just say that when I gave this example about denial, that, for example, the fact of someone's death every day, thousands of 
people die from some violent types of deaths, and nobody is disturbed about this. But so this fact is kind of neutral for personality, but for personality, these facts kind of uh, it doesn't care. It won't have any emotions and won't change. Uh, choose what kind, what life is more available and which one is not. Because for for personality, the spirit, any life is valuable. Personality will do anything, anything it can, so that to stop these facts, to stop these deaths, and that's the biggest difference uh, with, uh, compared to what you've said right now. I would also, I would also like to give another uh, clarification that there, there may be such an impression right now that we are kind of sitting with you and explaining this mechanism that, that we will now study everything. Uh, it's kind of an illusion that we will study these mechanisms and we'll be controlling them. No, not at all. This doesn't take place. I would tell you right away that these mechanisms work automatically. If a person doesn't understand that he's not consciousness, if he is not developing his true spiritual nature, automatically this person submits to these orders, to these defense mechanisms. And many specialists, whoever uh, was interested, uh, they, are, they try to look for these materials. Specialists right that actually they tried to study what mechanisms are launched first and second in such a situation and it's also it's totally impossible to even study this consistency because we don't control this process uh, let's talk about the other mechanism which is uh, displacement or repression which which is kind of rejection of unpleasant events thoughts and experiences who makes this thoughts and experiences unpleasant for us we know that event is just a fact but what do we actually want to suppress or displace uh, memories, first of all, our memories. For example, we agreed that we did something wrong, we agreed that this event was unpleasant, that the person acted in a wrong way, and then we already have this trace of this unpleasant memory, in our, uh, in, um, unpleasant event in our memory all the time. This memory comes back, and we want to go. Uh, we want to get away from these memories. The question is simple: Does anyone want to have any unpleasant memories? No, there is no such a person. They come spontaneously, regardless of our desire, right? So it's like, for example, this wonderful mechanism, kind of ours, which is repression and displacement of memories. But why doesn't it defend? So I have the question to the specialists of the ones who describe this uh, mechanism, and thank you so much for describing this. So this mechanism is inside of the consciousness, is inside of the psyche. What is wrong? Why doesn't it work properly? Why people is not are not always like in this cycle of negative thoughts, of negative memories, of there are smiles on their faces. Where is the happiness from? How does 
defense mechanisms work and doesn't let any negativity into my life. So where was the, the fail in that? Yes, if it was really a good mechanism, it would be enough for us to be happy. But this mechanism precisely shows that we do not control this process. People come for consultation with such questions. They are uh, overwhelmed with these negative memories, uh, traumatic situations, with these flows of negative thoughts, and they cannot get rid of them. Why? Because we do not control this process, but there is the one controls this and in quite a brutal way, I would say. And what is the goal? The only goal of this program, of this system, is to get energy, the energy which actually a person possesses and distributes. And actually this program is hunting for this energy and the attention of a person is this very energy. What what does the system do to get it? The senses, images, memories, uh, mental images, thoughts, because thoughts and images which provoke emotions like fear, anxiety, aggression, these are the most energy-consuming emotions. So this program just simply provokes us to to walk, to think about it, to see these images, to get emotional. And this is the true uh, essence of this mechanism. And we understand right now that we don't control do you know, it's just the third mechanisms, right, that we voiced before, and you said that there are more than 50 of them. And so, even in reality, it's what is being drawn to the board is like uh, a template or a blueprint of how the consciousness actually acts. For me, I really like the naming, the defense mechanism of the consciousness, which is a truthful one. So, And uh, I really like the highlight that was made in the beginning of the um, program, like who attacks whom. So, there is, um, there is like an understanding is being built up. So that the consciousness is attacking the personality. So the personality has the access to the resources, so that the energy and um, to the attention that everything is being financed essentially. And then the consciousness has to get this energy so that to sustain and to get something to the system. So and to the three-dimensional world to, to be something implemented. So that it has like a blueprint on how to act and we have said it for many many times in our programs and Igor Mikhailovich mentioned it before and in the books of Anastasia Novak it also mentioned this is described in a good manner like how the consciousness provokes a person for any other type of activity to to have to capture this attention so and now we are have such a paradoxical from one point and unique thing as the defense mechanisms of those attacks essentially that useful for and these programs benefit from having us fearful, from aggressive and showing aggression to each other. So if you take to the core, so what's happening is the double funding, right? So the consciousness starts to attack the personality. So to simple, the secondary consciousness is initiating the attack. Yes, and so the, the primary consciousness comes like, look, something happens here. So it's um, another good example. Like Igor Mikhailovich has um, actually helped us to understand it when he had like compared it to a manager. So this manager comes to the personality. Timmy says that Alexander gives us gives us fun. Something is happening. So when what is happening, we have to deal with. But in reality, I don't have any concern. With 
what is going to happen, so if I'm not interested, it's not going to happen, so it's important to understand also, since you are the one who orders and pays for all those services, essentially, but the consciousness initiate this event, the secondary, the primary consciousness came for the funds, so that at least to cope with what was going to happen, and so the personality is from their accounts, or the withdrawal of the funds, or the double payment for what might have happened and to protect what, for what have, might have happened. So in reality, it's really prominently known and understandable how this uh, set of mechanisms can be seen. So there is a cartoon, there is an old Soviet it's uh, a wolf in the faraway land. So we just show a small portion of that with signing like how really all of that is happening. Material, a really prominent material uh, in such an allegorical way of saying, and it's also comic, but it says like how does the consciousness work in reality, and um, where in all of that the personality is uh, placed. This is secondary consciousness, this is personality. Wonderful, thank you. On this small fragment, who is interested, you can probably remember if they saw it in childhood and who didn't watch, you can all go watch this cartoon, it's really nice. A really nice information where a lot of things can be actually studied and understood. You can see that the main character of this of this cartoon, like um, a student Wawa, and um, he has been deceived essentially because there is such an interesting phrase in here from two representatives of the gift box or of the primary and secondary consciousness we mentioned before. So that and will you eat for me as well? Yes. So they will be eating for us, and then most essentially they will live for us and instead of us. Да, Саша, и вот действительно, знаешь, какие я вот сейчас сижу, and uh, really, uh, you know, uh, I'm just thinking uh, how much information there is about all these defense mechanisms, about all these theories. But in fact, uh, everything is so simple. We are just, you know, kind of uh, going um, in the labyrinth uh, of of uh, our consciousness, just believe that uh, we, the, these all opinions and all these thoughts are ours, and just we just accept these programs. Um, consciousness is just uh, the imposed that uh, program and uh, all these mechanisms are about it. And it's truly what you just said, it's all about the, uh, just attacking the personality. And coming back to the cartoon, I already said that uh, um, each day thousands of people die out of salvation. Each day, just can you imagine that uh, uh, hundreds and thousands of people uh, die of obesity, of uh, starvation? And all these, uh, you know, numbers, they are scary. So a question arises, can we call our society a reasonable one? Can we call uh, such behavior people um, just reasonable and reasonable? 
So it's like the rationalizing of itself. Let us study these mechanisms, the defense mechanisms further and uh, just uh, set all the dots um, on above the eyes, right? So uh, let us consider such a defense mechanism as projection. So projection, actually, it is the kind of excribing of one's own, um, well, uh, socially undesirable qualities of desires or aspirations to other people so this mechanism of kind of psychological um, defense right makes it possible to kind of take off uh, responsibility of his shoulders and just uh, ascribing um, all these qualities to another person so uh, I would uh, just um, uh, you know describe this uh, defense mechanism as in the proverb that you cannot see or uh, just uh, a straw, uh, just a look in your own eyes, but you can see a straw in someone else's eye. So a person who's actually prone to lies and to deception, uh, well, um, he is, uh, can be as an example of this defense mechanism, right? For example, like, oh, usually a person says, oh, I just knew that it would happen like that, and so on. So actually, this is not accepted another person's behavior because what's really happening if uh, there is if I can see something that I don't like in another person then it means that I have these qualities in myself and if I just kind of project this negative you know um, uh, emotions and attitude onto another person then it means that I have these qualities in myself why am I saying that this is just a well, false mechanism, right? Because why I said that these are defense mechanisms of consciousness? Because this is a serious distortion of the perception of the world and of the reality that uh, we live in. And uh, we were saying that all these um, uh, defense mechanisms are uh, kind of about uh, the animal uh, structure of um, or component in a person and another example is that when these uh, well self mechanism one of self uh, mechanism uh, works uh, it's like just treating your children as um, my children these are kind of my just belonging to me and uh, he the, my children should behave the way I want them to behave so what do parents um, just meet they of course meet aggression on uh, the side of their children guide right? uh, and uh, here is uh, you know mechanism uh, which should be defending protecting us and helping us but what does it actually do it makes us separate and this uh, mechanism causes aggression in us so this is about the projection mechanism uh, so again um, this is uh, the just mechanism that um, allows us um, to take off responsibility from ourselves and just uh, direct them onto other people. And this mechanism kind of, uh, well, irresponsible. Regarding this projection, um, a really prominent example of how this mechanism is uh, successfully functioning, actually, 
So there's really no point in actually being shy of that. It's successfully going on. As it's today's um, matter of things in our society. So what do we see right now? The complete unresponsibility, um, laziness, and unwillingness to do something or change something. So in the announcements to our today's broadcast, we mentioned that we will be looking at the defense mechanisms of the consciousness on the example of the implementation of, of such a lively, important, or the globally important, or innovative project like a creative society, which is the important um, as much as life is, as for every single person is important. And so in the framework of this project, every single day, alongside for 10 years, and as for today, we have the work being conducted, and people are trying to do something, they're trying and the next thing is getting being understood that some of the people are under the influence of this mechanism. So in the, instead of taking like or changing in their life or changing their life for the better or to live in the conditions in the environment where everybody would really like to live, which is also a fact this, the consciousness can actually say no, but the responsibility is being shifted so that the projection of the laziness of unwillingness to decide like in what a way so that our viewer to be able to understand so oh, oh politics are doing something wrong officials doing something wrong my neighbor is so bad and like what kind of creative society can be created based on that just go and talk to the neighbor have you ever thought that you have a right for self-governance? And just simply as uh, we would like to show another really prominent example is how a big amount of people all around the world, independently of that all those things are present, that they work really, uh, but they in reality but united with the common goal and uh, just the, the common thing they are are implementing that will help every single person to have a wonderful life so that mm, everybody would be helped to be a person and to treat uh, persons like was the good way is not as the our consciousness pro proposes us and then implements it. And so one of such facts, and even though that this fact is a really great and all of that and, and really epic, and so this event is that uh, happened to be completely honest, and the first time in 6,000 years, in those 6,000 years that this format of consumer society exists. And so that the conference had happened in the creative society, what the prophets have dreamt of. And so if uh, the consciousness not to be uh, filling it up, so we just show the excerpt from this moment. On March 20th, 2021, 
a momentous event took place. For the first time in history, a conference was held where people of different religion and nationality voiced the truth that God is one. While all the separation of our mankind have been made artificially, the time of the truth has come. For the truth is one for all. International Conference, Creative Society, what the prophets dreamed of. More than 45 languages of simultaneous interpretation. Nearly nine hours of live broadcasting. Thousands of platforms and online broadcasts. People themselves made it possible. Yes, we did it. Thank you guys. You guys are amazing. Oh, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so grateful to be part of this Creative Society program. Thank you guys. This is absolutely amazing. Let's keep doing this until we unite mankind forever. This is amazing. I've never been in any kind of anything like this before in my life. Now, this is so powerful, man. This is so great. I love it. I have been working with organizations around the world, but I have never seen anything like this before. This is fantastic. I'm praising you guys for your reason. This is wonderful. This is an amazing uh, time for me to be alive. I am really, I, I really appreciate being alive now because you guys have given me joy and happiness. Thank you all. I say thank you. I cannot thank you enough because this is a great achievement for me, for my kingdom and for my country. Hello, my name is TJ Thompson. I'm a Christian pastor, and this past Saturday, I had the honor of being one of the many, many speakers that took part in the Creative Society's conference, What the Prophets Dreamed Of. For me, it was a humbling and exciting and inspiring experience to be part of this. So often, we hear about all the things that divide us, about all the things that are broken in this world, about all the differences that like just keep us separated and fighting with each other. And to be able to be a part of an event with people from all over the world, from people with different faiths and different backgrounds and different viewpoints, coming together around the ideas that unite all of us, around the ideas that are common to each and every one of us. We want this world to be a better place. We want to leave this world better than when we found it. We want this society to be one that values human life, that values people, that cherishes the things that are important the conference, what the prophets dreamed of, of the Creative Society, held on March 20, 2021, revealed the truth. They have deceived us for more than 6,000 years. All the inhabitants of this planet are one family, one humanity that now knows that there is one Creator God. The prophets Muhammad, Buddha, and Jesus have brought the message of this one God, a message that seeks that as a society we live in peace with love, justice and equality. Power struggles, wars, constant competition, control over the revision of religions and worship of the authorities are not part of this message. The most important thing I'm thinking about now, after this most significant event, a truly unique event, our conference on the Creative Society, we should not stop there. 
We should go further, we should share, we should talk about it, because the uniqueness of it was that we were united at that moment, and nearly every country in the world we met each other. And it is this togetherness and this power that we need to pass on, so that these links, the links of this chain do not break, so that they can continue, because we are standing on the threshold of great changes. But we shouldn't forget that we are the ones who make these changes. That is why it is not only beauty that unites, it is not only culture and art that unites. The greatest thing that unites us all is the truth, and we carry it inside of us, so we shouldn't forget that. Let's move forward and do what we are meant to do, to spread the truth. Thank you. The Alatra's recent conference, what the prophets dreamed of, it was absolute marvel. Like being the part of it, I'm actually feeling really honored to be the part of it, to be one of the keynote speakers there. And whatever in total I have heard, I've listened, and I've understood from the people around the world, the way people actually pour their heart out. And it was so phenomenal to see people from different religions talking almost the same language, sharing similar concepts, sharing similar values. And it was evident there that vision is quite clear. We are the creation of God. God is one and we deserve a better society. So I would definitely like to congratulate the whole team of Alatra for organizing this wonderful event, for providing us the chance to be on one path, to be on one vision, and to be sharing all these values and all the positive vibes which we have received out of this conference. Congratulations to the team Alatra, the whole technical team, the whole support team, the preparation team, execution team, each and every individual who has contributed towards the preparation, execution, broadcast, everything. Congratulations to everybody. Electra unites and way to creative society. Thank you very much. Unbelievable and awesome conference and beautiful information. But even such information is met by consciousness with denial. And we've said that uh, this is the first reaction to any new information that is denying it. And uh, we've been saying that consciousness um, usually okay, denies, right? Well, usually this mechanism of denial, it should protect a person from, uh, you know, unpleasant experiencing. But I would like to uh, set a question. What is so uh, just unpleasant in the information about the creative society? In the information about such positive, um, uh, just uh, in 
a society that the one that is built without violence but on the mutual uh, respect so any person you know actually um, should accept this information about the creative society just easily and uh, with all his or her heart because um, all these opportunities of comfortable uh, living and uh, with the conditions uh, living in this world uh, with all the needs met uh, when um, just a healthcare is guaranteed to any person in any corner of the world and in such a society where the highest uh, value is a person's life this society in which a person should work only just four hours a day and four days a week and isn't this great life in such a society um, creative society where um, all our future of our children is guaranteed and please tell me is this information unpleasant why why should our consciousness react so negatively to this information so uh, what you don't believe and why you don't believe in this positive information so i would like just to point out one more time that uh, what in us makes uh, deny us all this information? I would like just to tell people that, uh, you know, we kind of give these answers without actually contemplating on them. Uh, because consciousness just invests these answers into us. So, if we start studying the exact facts, uh, what what makes us uh, deny this positive information? And these are not just, uh, you know, answers from consciousness, but these are actually the commands from our consciousness, which tells us, um, Okay, deny it. Uh, it's not good. So what's what what's bad about the creative society? So um, you know what really is behind all these phrases? This is actually the denial that um, is the denial of uh, your actions and of your true responsibility for your actions. I would say even that a person, if a person denies this information, then a person just denies. Uh, his humanness because actually we uh, just deny the mere ex just possibility of creating a happy life in this world and behind these phrases um, is uh, the irresponsibility of a person is his uh, just inability to act and um, take responsibility onto himself because all these uh, defense mechanisms they just give out of our consciousness mechanisms and uh, what's really you know uh, there is what I'm trying to point out is that we are able to get united and to build a happy life and happy world around us and uh, just to not accept these um, negative programs of consciousness. So that is why, please ask yourselves uh, who in us um, responds so negatively to the positive information. 
Еще, когда звучат эти там, ядерная unification of people for one single common unifying goal in order to make our life and the life of all people better. I was so happy and honored to participate in preparation for these conferences. And I can say that these conferences were prepared 24 hours a day. I kind of, I have complexity with explaining and numbering the people who were involved in preparing this conference. And these are not some special people, they have jobs they have families, they have responsibilities, but actually and this need to survive in this uh, inhumane format. The preparation was taking place at night, but every free minute was devoted to, you know, to do this voluntary project and people united in order to study tremendous mass of information to talk to the incredible number of scientists, experts in various fields in order to, uh, you know, we just united in order to study what has brought us to such a terrible format of society in which we are dying and what we can do in order to change this format. And consciousness saying that it's not action. Well, I think that we should totally change the understanding of action because I cannot see a more wonderful, a more humane action than this one. I cannot even give any other. The consciousness can say whatever it wants, it can propose whatever it wants, but the choice is still ours. Yes. And uh, on how to act, what to choose, but it's it's really important to every single person that it's not just being simply interested, but profoundly approaches the self-discovery, self-development, and acceptance of the information that today is being voiced about the fact that the, the defense mechanisms of the consciousness are serving for the protection of the consciousness itself. And so they only work um, without the add of the will until a moment. So it's until a person doesn't identify itself. In all of that, really, not that psychology has made up. But it's so simply described in Anastasia Novak's book, and so simply as being voiced by Igor Mikhailovich in every evening program with his participation. And um, today, we are proposing to all of our viewers, not leaving their place, even not even really stretching a muscle, where you're at, somebody's sitting, somebody's walking, somebody's driving, to participate in such a small interactive experiment. On the screen right now, there will be a video, a really important video, and um, an important video. This video was uh, the first time ever 
всему миру как раз really undoubtable facts, the real facts, 100%. And um, we're not asking you to, for you to do something or to check something, just simply watch about the response that the consciousness will give to you on the information provided in the video. All religious traditions have reserved information about the West of the times, but how do we feel about it? Do we draw any conclusions? Do we people understand that the end of times are now? All of the signs of the hour of judgment are already obvious to us. The scriptures of Christianity, Islam and Buddhism, Hinduism says that in the last of times, people will die from all sorts of infectious diseases. Pestilence will mob people down. Now when all the world is engulfed in a pandemic, we, are not, we do not want to agree that those predictions are about our times. What was mentioned about the relationship among the people in those days? What will people be valuing when you are wide and robbed in every step? When the more money you have, then the cooler you are, and nobody cares about as much wisely you earned it when pride and the vanity comes first, and the people are ready to do anything for their own personal benefit, when violence and hatred toward each other became justified and popular, killers and tyrants become idols, isn't this our times? And uh, all the prophets warned us and uh, all the prophets warned us specifically about this. God never leaves us. In the last of times, according to the scriptures of all the religions, there will come in a human form, the one who will remind the people the simple truth that the prophets spoke about. He is called the Comforter, Imam Mahdi, Kalki Avatar, Maitreya, Saoshiant, Mashiach. He has many names, but his essence is one, to separate the dead from the living. He is the Holy Spirit, the advocate for the righteous and the judge for those who do not love God. We are ready to place our responsibilities on anyone. Many hope that He will come and do everything for them. He will bring the truth, but it is us that have to act. And at this time, we have to decide which side to take. And from the future of humanity depends on this, because the God Himself gave us the choice to live or to die. Every person who has ever lived on earth dreamed of the bright future, and all of the prophets talked about how to achieve it. 
They talked about how people's love for each other, about the higher society in which the equality, freedom, prosperity for all. They talked about the creative society. We live in the time when we can make this a reality, build Eden on Earth. We have a great honor to be the ones who can create the world that the prophets really dreamed of. But what people will choose still is up to people. This is the right of choice given to us by God. So the next mechanism that we would also like to get in depth on the real response of the people will be rationalization. But the mechanisms of rationalization would be really um, glad to separate to two main aspects. The first aspect on how does this mechanism actually manifest in people who are sharing this information in the creative society and how does it being manifested or how it manifests in people who hear about this information. Maybe the first time, maybe not for the first time. Nevertheless, some of those responses of rationalization we will try to get in depth. So why do we have these mechanisms and why does it act? And it acts to the fact that it's meant to um, actually give the response or rationalizes our inactivity or absence of activity. Right now, I think that, or not that in principle, but for everybody who has um, shared, who has spoken of, who has told people, or just the people they know or people they don't know, that such a program as or project as Creative Society exists, that it's being actively implemented. And so at the moment when you have to make a decision and to tell about this to a person, what do we hear in our own heads? So how does rationalization actually works? Maybe it's not the time, maybe it's not the right place, maybe it's not the best situation, or I'm not ready, I think I'm not ready, yeah, no. Mm. Or like a line or a sequence of um, like those conclusions yet again, just like to say that those are the conclusions from the consciousness why at this moment of time with this specific person I can't bring this topic up. And to such a rationalizer that is constantly mumbling into the heads of many, I have the question. So if at this instance, by having it being in the bus stop, or if right now, by getting to the school to pick your child up when you're waiting for him to tell about the Creative Society to the same parents as you do, if it's not the time, if in the taxi, it's not the place, so when is the time, and where is that place? When the earth will start shaking under your feet, or when the sky will be shattered by the cautious clouds, when the waters of the oceans will start to wash out the coast cities, or when the people by holding each for the last piece of the bread. Is that the time? 
is that the time when we will be ready to share with other person this information? And uh, you know this this question that was voiced is not by a coincidence. It's being voiced for the fact that every single person would understand for himself that the consciousness as the part of the system is not profitable to have people united. When the consciousness is the part of the system, is not profitable the build-up of the creative society. So this is just a small or insignificant from the consciousness point of view, an example of how does the rationalization works, and an example of how are we not acting. Yes, Alexander, and it's also an example of, uh, you know, when we say, who does not benefit from a society when the greatest value is human life? Only beast does not benefit from this because beast takes away this life. So all the rejection and denials which people hear often is uh, they won't hear me. People will not understand me. They will consider me a fool. What will they think about me if I talk about the creative society? And I actually hear these, uh, you know, objections and I think, let's recall what we share with each other every day, what kind of information we share. And, for example, when we gossip, when we judge each other, when we share some extremely negative information which uh, tortures us and uh, makes uh, and we force other pe people to listen to it why these defense mechanisms are not launched at this moment to stop this nonsense and actually if we observe what kind of information we share with each other on a daily basis it's actually been terrible what we spend our life on only the beast inside us can benefit from us wasting our life on such nonsense and emptiness. And here it doesn't stop us, but it prevents us from sharing this kind and life-saving information about the creative society. And these defense mechanisms are launched from consciousness. So just another paradox, right? to this, the portion to the psychology, right? To what do we what do we need those defense mechanisms for, and who do they really defend? In a nutshell, so this is not, not a rhetoric question anymore. So this is the prominent question. And by getting back to the manifestation of rationalization, I would also like to mention another response of the consciousness when um, a person is attempting to share, right? By this prominent information in the creative society, what they have on their heads uh, now. No, the creative society is, uh, and it's not for this person. It's not about him. It's there's there is no point of telling it to him. And so yet again, the question is to this specific conclusion. So like the fact itself and the idea that the creative society is for everybody, that there's no exceptions. 
There's no like somebody's a chosen, there's no like um, classes of people. This is the uh, equal opportunity society. And how will you use this society? This is your own personal business. And there's another interesting moment on what is coming from as the result of rationalization and the people that hear it on the creative society. We also have a material here, we have prepared just a few yeah. like the standard or widely shared responses of the consciousness when the person heard this information we can hear it in response to who will, who will allow you to do so so let's get back to the mechanisms of the projection and what do we understand both the denial and rationalization and projection they really work all together. It's all simple and easy. Rationalization goes to uh, to state why the projection is needed. And so this question that is voiced by the people, so who will allow you to do so? Well, I'm sorry, but it's really prosaically clear when people from all over the planet are getting together and um, doing this kind of conferences as uh, today's today was shown and it's possible people really have watched this conference their own languages because there was a simultaneous translation to more than 45 languages could you imagine Nobody has expected, not or nobody waited for the support or improvement for this from the government for this event to actually happen. People, each and every in their country, what they could, as it was mentioned by Diana, when the, there was a capacity and ability and opportunity to just join and to have an input, I'd just like to say that this is not um, an effort. This is the um, your input of every single person. You have to understand that nobody has asked the permission for that from anybody. And so we don't have to have this response. You just have to have uh, to act with this paradigm of the um, this kind of slavery type of thinking that was uh, given to us for the paradigms of irresponsibility and unactive and not able to be active, that we have to wait for somebody or something has to happen, some kind of changes have to happen that would allow us to help that or that would uh, allow us to live as we would like to live. Sorry that I'm ex exaggerating, but really, so many people has waking up already, so many people are acting right now, and so this mechanisms, and I'm right now, I'm saying about this mechanisms that are holding us inside. I'm not saying about this external barriers that we have. I'm saying about this, uh, not the secondary external ones, but internal that are created to actually hold us down or hold us back. So many people today that have positive experience to step across this, not to bring your attention to that. When both the rationalization and projections and the sublimation replacement, it's, uh, it's not concerning when there is a... Um, made goal 
and um, yeah. there is implementation. Хочу проговорить еще одно очень распространенное чудовищное возражение. And I would like to talk about another very widespread uh, uh, denial or rejection. When people are talking about creative society, very often there is like a spam mail. They hear something like that in their head. This contradicts the laws of development of society. What kind of law that is? Yes, exactly. And this is terrible that over these last 6,000 years, we already agreed that existence in conflicts, wars, murders, and impatience is a normal laws, these are normal laws of development of society. And many educated people say that these are the laws of development of our civilization. How absurd it is. So the, the laws based on development of love and self-respect actually contradict the development of society. Who imposes such thoughts? into our heads and why do we agree to that in as you remember in the first games of professionals we called consciousness maniac maniac killer yes this maniac killer benefits from imposing such thoughts and inputting them into uh, people's heads but why have we been agreed to this and why science still support this and also another very uh, widespread objection which i also encountered in my head that when people are suggested let's say uh, some offered material the record of the conference is already suggested for people to be watched and like today we showed one conference but in basically we had three events of this scale and the scope the scale of these conferences is expanding every time and the number of people who are involved are increasing uh, the number of viewings uh, they are increasing drastically in great great really great amounts i can i cannot even name how how many numbers times more people involved so in order to watch the conference which for example lasted for four hours or eight hours there is a very widespread objection four hours eight hours oh no i don't have so much time and here i would like to ask the question do we have time to watch TV shows, which actually those people who watch them, they say these are stupid, foolish thing. It's the foolish TV show. Uh, he watches it throughout the night. He's um, terribly tired in the morning. Consciousness scolds him for uh, being such a fool, but he sits again in front of TV and watches this series again. And the most terrible thing is how many hours people are spending at computer games it's another question but this is the ter the most terrible addiction that exists nowadays and we already discussed it in the game of professionals on game addiction i can tell it from our kids example how many hours do people spend in restaurants like drinking toxic products and alcohol drinks in front of their children so the question arises do we not have time to understand the information which guarantees happy, safe future for ourselves and our children, but we have time and, at, uh, and an aspiration, design, justification to waste on our life on emptiness, to kill ourselves 
in the eyes of our children to literally kill ourselves and this is what we have time for so basically if i give such an example of paralogical thinking this is the the most uh, vivid example of this paralogical thinking paralogical thinking is one of the types of disorders of thinking when uh, a person has schizophrenia it's this logic which this is the logic which consciousness suggests to us and the most terrible thing is that we discuss today why science support this we do not actually we are conscious of all these processes so we have agreed to this paralogical thinking already which is absurd without any common sense and when any logical facts are sounding, any logical reasoning, then for some reason we have such sort of allegedly logical denial and objection. That's the whole horror of this situation. And that's what we should think about, because I, I, would, I would say once again, because when we are controlled by this program, we are literally killing ourselves and we are killing our children. And this is what we should understand. And to agree with this fact, um, even though it's not nice, but for the consciousness, because being green with this fact, even if it's um, that you have to change something. Um, I would just. Uh, right, Alexander, uh, and just let me set an example that actually uh, we should understand that uh, consciousness is working against us and talking about, for example, a devaluation. Um, like I was talking to my colleagues and uh, I was sharing information about uh, uh, the Creative Society conference. And so uh, uh, I got such a question, oh, uh, guys, what I just uh, dealing with while well, spreading information it's like beating about the bush honestly I was just shocked uh, so these words were said by people who were working in uh, farmers business and uh, so the people who actually are making money um, uh, just on spreading information as well you know about medicines and uh, about but, um, well, and the whole, you know, marketing system is working of just uh, of, um, for making people believe in this information. And uh, the whole system, you know, of professionals is working on making us believe on spreading this information about, for example, medicines and pills and make us believe and just um, imposing this information into us so we would buy them so I would say that any business starts with what um, well it starts with an idea first of all then I spread this uh, information about my colleagues or co-workers and then we spread information to our clients right and so consciousness which is uh, kind of made so to make money on it um, well um, and doesn't information about the creative society have the same thing? And also, like to the same topic regarding the pricelessness and, um, and the communication with people. 
that um, this kind of the remorse or a question that everything is everything is good and it's so natural and everybody agrees to that yes we want to live in the creative society but what is being done and and so on and so forth. And so when there's a listing of in the voice of the eight foundations of creative society, usually the consciousness gives the phrase, oh, it's, it's, it's not concrete enough. So what is what is in detail in you need to say? So, okay, then we would agree that the creative society is uh, not the utopia, you know, that's a, the, the person passes the stage. So, yes, yes, internally they move from the mechanism to the consciousness, put in the, the, the common sense and trying to get to himself. That the person lives um, not in the really nice or uh, discomfortable conditions and doesn't feel like the really uh, and the today's society but this interaction between the people so that consumerism that is the core of all their things and so the next thing is not a concrete thing so here I'm sorry but rationalizer so let us put it this way so this mechanism of the international conference that had happened in the last conference the creative society had the prophets jammed off that they, they profited this of this conference had happened to fruition isn't not a concrete fact continuous interpretation to more than 45 languages 45 languages, also the sign language interpretation. So isn't this something concrete? And so the participant from all over the world are saying, speaking in different languages, representatives of different social groups, of different religions, are not something concrete for you. So more than nine hours of the live broadcast and the more pro most prominent media platform is not a concrete thing for you. A hundred millions of views at the moment, I'm always saying when the conference was there, it's not a concrete step for you. So simply ask yourself, who you're speaking to inside of your head? What does this rationalizer is being trying to persuade you of? So what are is it leading you to? And those questions would be really nice to every person to ask themselves. Just simply and quietly to ask themselves, to ask yourself of those things. And then if, um, if you'll get to the dead end, maybe you can ask other people who are also interested in this. And so you'll be surprised in reality, so many things, people around the world, 99.9% of people all over the world are asking themselves same questions. And uh, they have the one common goal, the price and value of life of each single person, mutual respect and... Uh, 
And everything else then goes otherwise, and everything that proposes by the consciousness. But somebody just puts it away or puts it back, and somebody's thinking that it's it's him specifically. Right. And you know what I've just um, been thinking about? So we have understood their um, defense mechanisms, right? So we have understood that they do not actually defend uh, uh, us. But how should we actually, um, well, um, defend ourselves from these mechanisms? And uh, what are the true defensive mechanisms uh, for a personality? And uh, right now, I suggest everyone uh, watch and accept with the video of Sikram This may be treated in different ways and may be explained from the standpoint of psychology, but it is also possible to simply look at physics, at the physics of the process, what masses of people are, and what communication among people is. Moreover, to consider what crowds or congregations of people are, and what is really going on, and who is interested in this, who benefits from it, and what for and everything falls into place. Well, here it's necessary to take one thing into account, that the beast, as a part of the system, or our consciousness, we come back to consciousness again, my friends, it's a part of the system itself. And it always wants to eat, while everything else is little programs and hallucinations. Yet, how can a person, an ordinary person, protect himself during the day? It seems to me that the first thing people have to learn, once they have felt something, is that the world is not quite the way it's been told and explained to them, and they understand that they are not just a two-legged monkey, but something more. Then before they engage in any practices, they have to learn what? To shield themselves. To shield themselves. That's exactly the point. And what does Alatra give right away? It puts a shield into people's hands, right? And until a person has mastered the shield, he cannot pick up a sword against the very system. While in our case, everyone tries to do the opposite, to renounce the devil and so on. Yes, that's an interesting question. And what is a shield? Let's figure this out. Let's do that. It's exactly that protection, which is extremely necessary for a person on his life path. What for? In order for him to walk around the marketplace calmly and feel fine afterwards, so that he could listen to whiners who talk about their illnesses or spread such news, in which everyone should invest attention right away, or just from dominators and the like. It doesn't matter. Visible or invisible creatures, substances, spirits, whoever it is, no matter how they try to influence a person, it won't succeed. They won't succeed because a person possesses what? A shield. An ability to control his consciousness. That is, his personality is just free from manipulation of consciousness. What is the first thing that is told about in Alatra? That consciousness is not you, right? When personality is free, it understands you as a personality, and you are a personality. You easily capture thoughts that come to you, and you already understand whether you need to implement them or not, whether they can be relayed, conveyed to someone, or it's better to remove this thought at all. That is, whom it is coming from, why it is coming, and what influence. After all, again, everything goes through consciousness. And here, it's extremely important for a person to possess this shield. Well, what is the shield precisely? It is freedom from the influence of consciousness. 
If a person is truly spiritually developed, if he is free as personality, then whether he is in a crowd or somewhere else, he sees how something alien enters him. That is, alien influence trespasses on his territory. He perceives a thought as a necessary or an unnecessary one. What does it mean necessary? Well, something has to be done. We all live in this world. We have to live, to communicate, to get dressed, well, and to take a lot of other natural actions. Naturally, this is accompanied by thoughts, to choose what shirt to put on, for example, right? No problem. You can listen to consciousness as well, what it will recommend. However, when it says something stupid, you have to distinguish it easily, meaning any thought that might have a certain consequences for U.S. personality. And this very understanding and knowledge of this process, easy rejection of everything unnecessary, and better, even total prevention of its entry, of everything unnecessary and aggressive, of that which manipulates, which gorges on your life, of such pilferers, let's say, this is exactly possession of a shield. Thank you so much, Diana, for all the explanations. So, what is the defense mechanisms of the consciousness? What are they dedicated to? How they work? And how they're being manifested in the consciousness of every person? To sum it up, I would just like to say that it is so crucially important to understand who are we really talking to. And so when in a response to that, and speaking to people, and specifically on such an so highly important topic as the Creative Society, we are facing those responses that are right now are were voiced today. It's really important to understand that this is not a person speaking. This is just simply, it's unconsciously working in the side of the person. This program and the main objective of this program is to immobilize as many as many people as possible of this talk. But it's important to understand that by immobilizing a personality, the consciousness is reaching its goal, and the topic is only one for them. The consciousness is to live for them. But the life for consciousness is thus for the personality. So, dear friends, all the time, always know what you're doing, so that not uh, you just have to understand what is the point of the things and uh, who is not being manifested and make correct decisions and act act and act for the goodness of life and peace and for the goodness of love thank you all so much and have a wonderful day